Hey, and welcome to the Digital Dojo. This is just a little bit in before. I wanted to warn the listeners that uh, I like the true and authentic uh, individuals to express themselves. And so this may be a little bit more sweary than you're used to. Both Dawn and I let down our hair and really go for it. With that in mind, enjoy. Welcome to the Digital Dojo. My name is Damien, as you well know by now, and boy, have we got an interview for you today. So I reached out to the wonderful Dawn Willock, who those of you who know, she is essentially the head and leader of uh, MAGB, or Martial Arts Great Britain, and I'll uh, I'll let Dawn explain a bit more about that as she does in the interview. Uh, but I just also wanted to bring your attention to a couple of things. She's very kindly um, left me with a few links. So if you want to reach out to Dawn, uh, who in my opinion, is somebody wonderful to to work with and to talk to, Um, then please check out the show notes. There's her personal Facebook, links to MAGB. There's also links to a podcast that she does, um, which is, now I want to get this right, Real Women Podcast. I've been listening to a few episodes and they are awesome, quite frankly. And what I love about Dawn is that it's all very free-flowing and natural conversation. What you get is the authentic Dawn. There's no no frills here. It's like, um, well, essentially, what you see is what you get. She's very straight talking, which I appreciate because in a world like this, you want to talk to people that you can trust. And she leaves nothing on the table. It is awesome. Now, uh, rather than me carrying on, as we know I can do, we're going to jump straight into it and then listen to the show notes afterwards uh, as well, because I've got a little announcement there. But other than that, please enjoy this amazing interview and conversation. Welcome to the Digital Dojo. Uh, my name's Damien, and today I have the wonderful and incredibly straight-talking Dawn Willock with me today. Welcome, Dawn! Hello, good morning. Thank you for having me on. You're very well. Well, thank you for your time. I appreciate it because um, I appreciate that you uh, you are a very busy lady. And so thank you so much for coming on today. Um, now, today's topic is all about raising standards, both in our businesses and in our personal life. Um, but as we well know, this is a martial arts podcast. So Dawn, for those people who might not know you, could you give us a little bit of background about like who you are, how you got into martial arts, what you're doing at the minute, and all that kind of jazz? Sure. So my name is Dawn Willock. Uh, my company is Martial Arts Great Britain, or MAGB as it's kind of shortened down to. Um, and we look after martial arts instructors we provide licenses and DBS checks and health and safety and all the compliancy side. We also streamline admin with software and direct debit management and basically everything under one roof that you need to run your club. Um, and and I believe that we are the only organisation that does everything under one roof. Um, and I think I'm the only woman that does my job in the yeah. country possibly further so that's quite cool um why do I do it oh it's always down to a boy it's always because of a boy isn't it 
So met my husband, he was a martial arts instructor, part-time, he had a job in a corporate, uh, taught uh, just twice a week, Monday and Thursdays in a church hall, but we're going back to the 90s now, so we're going back a long time ago. And um, he didn't like his job very much, and I'd been raised by two people who did have their own businesses, so running your own business was in my blood, um, and and it's a pedigree that I'm really grateful for. My mum, my mum could sell sand to an Arab. <laughs> she was incredibly entrepreneurial, a little bit more ruthless than what I am, but her business, I mean, she could give a masterclass in her sleep about anything, and she also had incredible intuition. My dad was not entrepreneurial. Uh, he was an engineer, but he was his standard for integrity mm. and doing business on a handshake and of course you know back then well he's in his mid-70s now so when he was coming through in business you did do business on a handshake your reputation was everything yeah um and i i genuinely think damien the combination of being raised by somebody so entrepreneurial and somebody with so much ethos and work ethic and integrity the combination of those two is absolutely uh priceless yes so it, it it's it's within my nature that when i see uh, a a great opportunity i.e uh, uh well we weren't, we weren't married back then we were just living together but you know my partner not really liking his job very much being this phenomenal martial arts instructor uh, who that literally we was very clear that was what his gift is if you like to me it made perfect sense that you leave your job leave your safe pensioned holiday paid cushy sick pay well paid sick yeah. paid flexi time job with all the benefits of being employed and come and let's have fun and start our own business it took me two years to uh convince him to do that his mother thought i was the devil walking because it was like no you don't you don't give up that for bit like what yeah. are you doing um Anyway, we did, and 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 so he started teaching full time. And at that point, um, I I because I'm reasonably brave, I guess I gave up my job and gave him the summer, and decided to go. And there's a bit more to that. I was going for an interview for a different job, which the second interview was in the September. So I left my job early, told him I'd give him the summer to set him up with the intention of of getting this other job in September. Yeah. Yeah. Was that like, um, was, was when you were going for the second job in September, were you thinking that that was like a buffer? It's no, like, like no, if the martial arts no, fails, I'm still no, doing this. No, no, no. The martial arts had nothing to do with me. That was his thing. Nice. I'll set you up through the yeah. summer. I know what I'm doing business wise, and then you can carry on and I'll carry on with what I'm doing. Um, and of course that didn't happen. And, and, and we, I just stayed. So, we went through a journey, Damien, of him. He was part time in church halls. Then he went full time, but with you know, with clubs all over the place. Yeah. And then what happened is we discovered that we were paying about eleven grand a year, which thirty odd like it was a long time ago. Yeah, in the nineties, that's a ton of money. That's a lot of money to be spending on on rent for leisure centres, churches, schools, and then you'd get the caretaker come with his watch after an hour, you know. Yeah. So. Um, we found a building and went into our first full-time building. And um, 
And then after that, we opened a second gym. Actually, that was a lot later on down the line, way after MAGB started. Um, but back then, so, and back then, um, it was run by the old boy, boy network, really. Yeah. The internet didn't exist. It was, you know, associations. And I kept saying, and he belonged to a larger, and I kept saying to him, I, I don't know what we're paying the money for. Like, you have to do it. You don't get any business help, you know, any support. You don't get any personal development, any, you know, nothing. You have to do everything and then pay them money. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what you're paying them for. It didn't make any sense. So because he came from that sort of era, he was like, well, you have to because they say, well, who the fuck are they? Yeah. Ah, and like, to be fair, that still exists a bit today. It's like, yeah, it's, I still meet people who are like, well, I can't go out on my yeah. own because I have to be part of an association. It's like, the fuck you do? Yeah. <laughs> no. But back then, independent clubs were very, very rare. Like, yeah. it, it wasn't a thing. So um, being, um, being uh, natured as I am. Mm. <laughs> That's a very good way of putting it. I like that. Um... I said, fuck that. <laughs> um, in which case, I'll do it myself. Yeah. And and so MAGB was born. He wanted nothing to do with it and still to this day has nothing to do with MAGB. Mm. Um, but it was initially, Damien, it was just recognising that the people who ran our industry didn't look after instructors very well. Yeah. And, and being as this topic that we're talking about today is about raising standards. That's where it was. Yes, we, we've heard lots of people say, raise the standards of martial arts, but mine was very specific. It wasn't just raising the standards of martial arts. It was raising the standards of how we look after martial mm. arts instructors. I like that because normally when I engage in a conversation with somebody, raising standards is one of two things it's raising the standards of the what we're teaching so specifically the techniques themselves and you know people still snipe at each other i wish it would just die a death all oh, my school's a little bit better because we teach better because our techniques are better blah 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 it's all bullshit um or raising the standards of how we treat our customers which is great but where the hell are the instructor's standards? It's like, if you're working right. inside an organization, how are you raising the standards, especially these days when the standards of living is going down, how are we raising the standard of living for our instructors and their mental health? Because right. they're the ones who look after our students. Right. So uh, you can see now why that I that was right from the very beginning, that was specifically the standard that I wanted to raise. Yeah. Um, and... I've got a little bit of pleasure of saying fuck you to the old boy. I mean, I'm not going to lie, Damien. And it gave me even more pleasure that I was just a girl who didn't train. And who the fuck was I? And it was a little bit pleasurable to go, well, let me show and this you. Is it. Back, back in the 90s, I think we're still going from the, the fallout of um, gender disparity from the 70s. Because oh, that's right yeah. across the 70s, 80s, 100%, 90s. 100%. So, yeah. Um, that was that was where it start started. Just literally going through a journey with my husband, seeing the holes in that journey, and making the decision to play at or experimenting at. Well, let's see if we can do a better mm. job than that. And actually, what I saw was the fact that I was female. I saw as an advantage because I think sometimes when you try, when men try to lead other men, testosterone 
big time. It can sometimes, sometimes it, gets, it gets in the way, Dawn. It gets in the way, yeah. Which I never had that. And also, I think it also helped that I wasn't an instructor because mm. there was no conflict, no conflict of philosophy on teaching. There was nothing there. Um, and I also, because I'd viewed my peers, which at the time, let's call them the old boy network, um, they were all martial artists. So I'm like, well, you're all doing a miserable job. So presumably by the fact that I'm not a martial artist and good at business, that presumably is a bonus. So it never impacted my confidence in terms of the the qualification for entering this yeah. field because I felt perfectly qualified. <laughs> Because I didn't do some of the things. So, so yeah, that's how it started. And, and and initially what, and I look back now and I think, oh, that was maybe uh, you didn't, oh, oh, there wasn't many independent instructors. Why I thought my target market was independent. I think what it had done is it, I think I'd thought, well, if my husband is struggling with going independent and has struggled in finding services and all the rest of it. He can't be the only one that's yes. satisfied. I think that that's probably uh, what I considered. Uh, and obviously all these years later, we've got, we've got large, we've got UK directors of large global organizations. Massive. We've got, you know, we've got clubs. So, you know, James Roach, his clubs in London, I think he's got nearly 1900 students under mm. one roof. So we, we, we're not, um, but in in our purpose, we have never removed that we will. Well, our purpose is to strengthen and support martial arts instructors, regardless of size. Yes, and this is it because I think a lot of people assume that if you're an independent, you must be some back to where you began, some small pokey little yeah. out of a out of a, a church hall. That's that's like the image sometimes Not true anymore. from independent. Well, no, these days you go to any. So like martial arts event in the UK, I'm very sadly, I've never had the opportunity to go to America and go to some of those massive ones, but you go to a UK event and you'll bump into independence these days and you start talking about students because it inevitably happens. People are like, oh, how many students you got? It's like, well, we'll come on to that later, but you shouldn't really be talking about the number of students. It's more like the how much revenue as opposed to numbers, but that's something I feel very passionately about. And so you, you bump into these independents that, well, I've got 300, I've got 1,000, I've got 2,000. It's like, oh, so independent in like the, the early 2020s is not small anymore. Massive part of, of UK martial arts, yeah. which is awesome. Now, I, I've, got, I've got a query. Um, when you, because you very clearly have gone into this with like a business frame of mind. Yeah. Now, I was, I was a wee boy back in the mid 90s. Um, when you went into martial arts with that frame of mind, and I saw that you put something about this on Facebook the other day around money, were you met with great hostility, i.e. because you were in the frame of mind of, I'm going to make a business out of this, and even today, we'll bump into people who's like, you can't make money from martial arts, how dare you? So what was like the, the reception when you started to do this from a business point of view? Right, so... I didn't approach it to make money, first of all, but let me explain that. And this is a philosophy that that I think applies to anybody who's going to start their own thing, uh, be it a side hustle or whatever. My, my 
intention was to do a better job, Damien. Um, but I think because I'm naturally good at business and entrepreneurial, I tend to make money out of things. Perfect. I love that. But it doesn't start with the intention to make money out of things. The intention was genuinely to 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 look to make do a better job of looking after instructors and 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 it was an experiment so i didn't need the money uh, by by the time magb was born you know h's uh uh club was really quite good financially um and so it was a genuine experiment in terms of let's just throw a couple of years at this and see what happens. It was a complete, fuck it, let's play. Like, I, I gen honestly. Um, and where the business uh, side of it comes at the beginning is a, a very clear um, understanding of, right, you're going to have a go at this. Mm. At what point do you decide it's not worth investing any more time or money into? So I'd put a five-year plan together in terms of let's I'm just going to do this for five years I think I hit my five-year target in about two and a half years bloody hell fair play um, yeah yeah and and I didn't know what I was doing I'll yeah. be honest I had no idea in fact my first website had everything it had a chat room it had a shop it had equipment shop you know it had <clears throat> licenses it had so I just thought oh, I just took it all on just, just chuck it all on and see what happens. It happens that the licensing service organically, um, it just went that way. Um, had an absolute awful time of it. My, the chat room, do you remember, I don't know if you were older, you're probably maybe not older. It, 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 you know, it was, there was a chat room uh, era. I, I, I remember chat rooms, yeah. Okay. And so the people who'd built my website wouldn't put a filter on it so oh. I'd have to spend about an hour a day deleting porn links and all kinds of lead neck yeah, yeah and I went two weeks over Christmas where I didn't do that and it crushed their whole platform and I lost my website yeah it was all, uh, Damien yeah painful yeah in mind that's my only shop front yeah so called another website company got a cheap one thrown up uh, that had nothing but the basics on. And that actually worked much better. But by then, um, the services had already started to just organically, okay, this is what they need. This is how they need it. That's what they want. Let's go in that direction. So I kind of dropped the shop and I, dro I dropped all the things that weren't. They were just distractions. You didn't need yeah, them. But initially, I just chucked it all in there to see what happened, literally. So it's kind of like, um, yeah, throwing it at a wall, see what sticks. And if it doesn't, just let it go. Just And then I happened to be friends with the guys that run, ran Senny, mm. um, uh, Paul Alderson and, 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 and Joe. And um, so I called them and said, and it was about seven weeks before a particular Senny. I mean, this is when Senny was still in Birmingham. So it's like a million years ago. And um, they're like, yeah, we've got a couple of stands left. I'm like, okay, it, can I have one? Right. <laughs> uh, so um, I I then uh, just went to Senny and, and and did a did a stand, uh, and and 
branded it all up um, and, and started getting customers. But what was great about that ex experiment, that it was vulnerable, I guess, is you get then to speak face to face yeah. with people. Um, and, and do you know what, Damien, I'd got it about right. Nice. And this is so it. You, you, you were approaching essentially your people and finding out exactly what it was that they needed. Otherwise, from that point forward, you're just kind of working from assumptions. Yeah. I love yeah. the fact, and I, I apologize, I, I kind of led it there, but I love the fact that you you said that you weren't going for the money. You didn't need yeah. it. Just like genuinely. That yeah, no, 100%. Something I, mean, I tell yeah. You know, I've got a team of people that I'm responsible for yeah. to pay a wage. I've got, you know, so you have to now is it's a different it's different now. We've well, got to turn a profit, but you can't make it the priority because it, it can't be the priority because that's not how you that's not how it works. Well, I, I find and I've 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 only been uh, teaching martial arts for a decade, and I find and I teach this to my team is that if you chase the money then your your students can feel that because everything is geared towards how much money can I get from my members? Whereas if you're like, right, how can I raise my standards so that I'm worth something, the money follows it afterwards. And therefore the money's not the priority because that is a, a byproduct of creating a really good service rather than, right, how can I get X, Y, Z amount of cash out of my students today? Yeah, and and actually, I mean, in my private group, uh, the 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 post that I put up this morning, we have to we have to sell trust. Hmm. Oh, that's yeah, that's yeah. No and like it, and trust. But, but that's not uh, the whole uh, 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 definition of trust is that it's real. You yeah. can't bullshit trust. Like you literally can't bullshit trust. Yeah. Like you literally can't. Um, and if you start from that platform, your standards rate, your, your your standards are raised by proxy, really. And because of that, the money then comes in. Yep. But it starts with you uh, being trustworthy. Yeah. And and actually, if you're just chasing money, that's not trustworthy because what we're doing. Forget what you said. Forget it doesn't. I don't yeah, care. Forget the industry. For just yeah, forget whatever. Yeah. If you're exchanging anything of yours, be it a product or service for money, you're selling something to somebody. And if you're only doing it for the financial exchange, so if you're selling a service, teaching martial arts is a service, uh, they're buying your knowledge and, and, and all of that. They Trust is imperative in that. It, it, and that's actually what you're buying, what you're selling. Uh, uh, is trust um and it, i think it it's the same for, for for you you can flip it on its head forget money um let's take relationships as an example so and i i i taught this to my team don't know where it came from but even if you engage or enter into something like a marriage that in itself is um, you selling the benefits to your prospective partner of why you should be with me so you're selling Trust. trust again so you it doesn't matter whether you remove the the product or whether you remove the money it's always a trust and relationship so it yeah. doesn't matter whether it's talking about money or whether it's talking about your own personal life it's exactly yeah. the same yeah love it now <laughs> the main crux of today and i'm not gonna lie i could go off in hundreds of tangents because you're a delight to talk to um what 
we're here to talk about raising those standards. Right. I think we both agree that one of the so like the, the the things we want to look at is your own personal standards rather than just from a business point of view, because I think they're completely intrinsically linked. Right. So when you first went out onto or when you first started with uh, MAGB, you mentioned already that your priority was to raise standards specifically for the instructors who are working. So what was kind of the first things that you went about going to do that? Because that in itself, just like that's a massive task. How did you burrow and focus that down? I didn't feel that it was a massive. Do you know what it is, Damien? It's treating people properly and being honest. That's all. Perfect. I don't think. I don't think that that's a mammoth task. And it's it's amused me. It's um, long may uh, the old boy network remain because I do very well out of it. Because all you have to do is be honest, say what you do, do what you say, and treat people properly. That's it. That's all it is. It's that's it it's not rocket science it's just not and it's again if we were to take that into the teaching forum if we would take that into your personal forum what do they want go get it give it to them that's it and and treat Perfect. people just treat people properly so one of the things that i have never changed is is as especially as my service repertoire has increased is that we don't tie anybody in what what do you need? Pick the bits you want. Just have that. What do you want? Go get it. Give it to them. Amazing. Uh, you know. So I didn't. I didn't feel any. I didn't feel any uh, overwhelmed by that at all because yeah. you just treat people nice. I love like that. Smile when you when you talk to them. Speak to them. Ask them questions. What do they want? And then if you can't give it to them, be honest about that. Or if mm. they ask you a question and they you don't know the answer. Oh, I don't know. In fact, do you know something? I had a question yesterday. I love it when I get a question. The first time in several years I had a question yesterday that I didn't know the answer to. And it was like, oh, and her name's Barbara. And I'm like, oh, Barbara, well done. I love it when I get a question that I don't know the answer to. Give me five minutes and I'll be back to you. But, you know, like, like I don't, I, I, to, I, to me, it was very simple, mm. but but that wasn't my starting point in life, was it? I'd already gone through uh, some 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 years of my life prior to starting MAGB that establish your values, that establish your standards as a human being, and so actually that wasn't the starting point, and why it was such a natural. Uh, why why I didn't see it as a challenge is because a, a, a level of standard with me as a human being was already established mm -hmm. um, and actually raising standards is something that and I thought about it this morning because obviously I knew that we were going to do this podcast where did my standards come from? I was just about to ask that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, where did they come from? Yeah. So firstly, I had an incredibly audacious mother who absolutely expected the world, the moon, the stars, and it all, and didn't question the validity of expecting that. And um, I had a dad who was raised and his, my granddad, so my granddad was an engineer. My dad was an engineer. They ran businesses and, and that, that standard of integrity, truth, all of those kind of goodies 
so that was kind of bred in and my sisters that you know that was bred into us um and I was also raised by a woman and a man who didn't con contradict it I was raised by a woman who never told us being female was a disadvantage mm. in fact I was raised that being a female was an advantage because Dawn you can do everything a boy can do but they can't do everything that you can do <laughs> love it so even though she was sort of middle class yeah 1970s which in that area in that era was very it was still the housewife you know oh good grief uh, but but that is not how we were raised so so firstly my standards for me the fact that I was female the fact none of that ever in, it doesn't occur to me that it's a disadvantage so I've already got high standards in my expectation of being received on my merit as to what I can do or can't like on my merit yeah uh, I mean I'll not lie like I was pretty hot when I was young that probably helped I mean I'm not gonna lie it's all right don't worry about it I've never had that experience Dawn is it? <laughs> <laughs> but so so from childhood it was infiltrated so high standards were 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 there um in terms of how I view myself. So my expect my expectations are high as to how I'm received by people. Mm -hmm. um, and, and also I was pushed. So I'm clever. I was clever as a kid academically, although I buggered school up to be honest, because it bored the shit out of me. Well, this is, it's kind of boring. If I came in with, with a B plus, I would be in trouble for not getting an A. Not, okay. Ah, oh, hold on a minute. Not because everybody has to get an A, yeah. Because I was capable of an A. That you see, that's bloody perfect. This is this is what we try to instill in our students. It's like it's not about how you compare yourself to another human yeah. being. Not that. It's about are you capable? Yeah. And if you yeah. don't achieve what you are capable of, why the heck didn't you? Right. So my sister, who's nearly six years younger than me, she had dyslexia, and and that was a really unknown territory. But I mean, that, that I mean, that, it's that only was, really kind of come to yeah, 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 yeah. That, was, yeah. that was really difficult. Yeah. But, but so, so equally, if she came in with a B, that would be celebrated and rightfully so because reading it was a struggle. It was a struggle. And, uh, but, but the support for her mm. in the education system back then isn't, well, wasn't any, you know, you know, so, so. But equally, my mom, okay, so you've got dyslexia, and actually one of my sons are dyslexic, and I did exactly the same. Okay, let's put a label on it, you're dyslexic, but that is no excuse. Do you, I'm going to ask right, you, so it, might, it might have been, it might have been a, a pass on an academic environment, but do not bring any, any, like that has no impact on you as a human yeah. being and how successful you could be. And so, and so again, it's that take full responsibility, no excuse, be taken for your merit, be the best that you can. If you've got a, um, if you've got, if you're on the back foot with anything, find another way. Mm. That's not the only route. That that's not the only route. Fuck what the education system says. You might be dyslexic, but that makes no difference in life, and that's fine. You know, so so it's that resilience, and and so from a young age, that muscle had already been developed 
to, and my mum pushed and nothing was good enough for her. <laughs> so, But that's where you got your attitude right. from, which is so brilliant. That, but but the, that is the point in terms of, in the context of raising standards, you, I entered adulthood and business with a with a with a ready-made brood mm. <laughs> standard of expectation and and had already had some some it's like it's like I I I ran a pub, a bar, so uh, that was owned by the Hyatt Hotel. Oh yeah. Uh, and I'd never pulled a pint in my life. In fact, the staff used to laugh at me because if we were really busy, I'd have to do the glass washing because I was shit. Because you couldn't pour a pint. <laughs> and not only that, and this was in the Birmingham city centre. It was a yeah. big bar. We were the first bar in Birmingham to get a 2 at 2 a.m. licence, which was hilarious. Um, but I could not. And then also because I've never really drunk much. Yeah. I don't know what. I don't know what bottles this comes in. Like they'd throw me out the bar. I wasn't allowed because I was so shit. But that's but not your skill set. It's not my skill set. But, but uh, you know, so I've had lots of uh, <laughs> um, examples where applying that muscle of high standards in what you can do yeah. and, you know, and just kind of walk, walking into situations and doing very well in them despite not having the obvious yep. qualifications. So I, I'm, I'm going to have to use that in the future. If anybody's, oh, I can't do it. I'm like, well, I spoke to a lady called Dawn and she yeah. ran a pub and she couldn't even pull a goddamn pipe. Well, honestly. But, <laughs> but, and, 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 you know, to put some some context on that, it wasn't just a pub. It was a bar. It was yep. owned by the Hyatt Hotel. We were in partnership with some private investors and Birmingham City Council. Oh, and the profit revenue from uh, the bar um paid 75% of the wages for the whole of food and beverage in the Hyatt Hotel in Birmingham. Impressive. My and my was, background is hotel and catering. That's right. yeah. That's impressive as hell. Yeah. And and I had zero budget for marketing. So I would sit in the afternoon and so the first thing that I did was get the yellow pages out. Yeah. Oh, back when that was a thing. Back when that was a thing, pre-internet, yeah, yellow pages out. I contacted as many businesses in a mile radius, booked them all in for Christmas. Uh, nice. Thing. Uh, I ended up having contracts with Sony Records. So what with with uh, with Sony with with recording. I and mean, when we're going back a long time ago, I don't know if they still do this. They um, they do a pre-event before an album comes out for the record industry. Yeah. Uh, so we had, um, we did Nirvana, we did Gabe, Gab, Gabriel, what was her name? Gabriel? There's a singer called, she wears patch on her eye. Anyway. Oh, oh. Uh, anyway, yeah, I know who you mean. Yeah. I, can't, anyway. I can't think of the name. Right. So we, we got that contract. So every time there was a, yeah. a pre-launch for the record industry in Birmingham, they'd come That's to work. Um, I, I I networked with the beautiful people in Birmingham so that if they wanted private birthday parties, um, there was a dance, uh, it was called Cream, uh, which, which was is the beginning of the rave era. Uh, I did a thing with them. Uh, like, it, I, look, I had no budget and I'd got all of this money to earn. Yeah. For the, for the food and beverage you know and but it wasn't even just owned by the Hyatt the Glassworks was actually there was the private investors and Birmingham City Council oh, like you know um I can remember the first time that we got um 
when we got the 2am license, uh, what was, uh, it wasn't Capital back then, I can't remember the name of the local radio. Anyway, I phoned the radio station and, and, and told them to come down. And then I tried, I phoned a few like footballers and people, I don't know, I didn't even, I didn't know them personally, found some special people and did a whole promo on it. And I can remember having to catch the bus the first night of the 2am opening, we'd done this big launch. And, and I had to catch the bus and go off the bus on New Street in Birmingham and I had to walk down to Broad Street. And all of a sudden I fucking shit myself because I thought, oh, what if nobody but Damien, I, it hadn't occurred to me until that point that it wouldn't- Just be okay. before it was due to start. <laughs> like I'm literally walking to the yeah. work from New Street. It's about a 10 minute walk. And at that point, I felt a little bit sick, if I'm honest, because I was like, oh, fuck. Like, <laughs> uh, so, so, but my point is, again, the standard was there. I expected, my standards are high. When I say I'm going to do something, I will, or I try to. And, and, and this is my standard of doing things. And so I automatically assumed everybody else would do the same. And yeah. not everybody does have the same standard. But if you walk and integrate through life with that expectation of those high standards, you're more likely to get it back. And I think that that is the path of least resistance. I love it. And there's there's a lot to be said from these. I almost lament using the term, but these old school methods of yeah. driving up business, because yeah. we know that a lot of <laughs> a lot of schools, clubs, whatever you want to call them, rely far too heavily on a quick and easy method of gaining leads and students and it is you yeah, this is it just they're, pay they're, someone to do social media jobs done but their standards oh. for their performance and their club it, that it might not be a conscious mm. my standards are low it might it, that might not be the conscious yeah that's not what they're yeah. thinking oh my standards are really low i need to pick them oh. up it's like you're just so, not doing enough yeah and and so in the experience of of selling to students of attracting students what are your standards in mm. doing that? and if your mindset is i want to automate all of it i never want to speak to the, anybody as a human being i want to disconnect myself from that job because i'm not very confident in it if i was to say to you you have to say yes or no if i said to you is that a high standard yes or no what would you have to pick for me, it would be no. It's a bit Not of a, people. I know that's a bit of a stick in the ribs. But but, it, but if you, if you're a failing club, you need to hear is it, it true? Is yeah. It oh, a hundred percent. Like I I have attempted because I I experienced burnout from time to time. I've been in that situation. I was like, wouldn't it be much easier if I could just automate some of these systems, or I could do this, that, and the other? Now, automating certain systems, sure, because right, so you don't I mean, need to be in front of your laptop all no. day. I, I, our software, mm. literally, we promote certain aspects of automation. Why would you, why would you not automate when somebody books in online? Why would you not automate the confirmation? When somebody joins you and signs up, why would you not automate sending their payment, your payment to, or a welcome email? Or what? Of, of course, automation's phenomenal. It's absolutely marvellous. Um, but it doesn't replace trust big time and i think anybody who's experienced what we're going through at the moment so i'm running 
uh, four locations and I currently teach them all. And at some point I will have to step out. And this has happened in the past. And it doesn't matter how good of an instructor you are or you are not. You're always going to lose students when you move, even if the instructor who comes in is better than you because they're used to you and they want you. And so if you try to automate your entire business, then it loses its key factor. You, <laughs> you can't do it. You have to be, uh, even if it's in a different capacity, you have to be, uh, I don't want to say dealing with because that's impersonal. You have to be building a relationship with these individuals that you're teaching and that you're 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 working with on a daily basis, because I think some of us have got that. And please jump in because your experience is more vast than mine. If, if you're like, actually, Demo, I've experienced that. That's bullshit. Um, my experience is that a lot of people are like, OK, so I'm an instructor. You're the parent. And, and that's kind of how the dynamic is, is that actually, no, we are working together in a relationship to improve the child's life. So we, even though, yes, in a professional capacity, you pay me to do a job, etc., we still have to make sure that that personal relationship is there because both the parent and the instructor have both got the child in mind. Obviously, if you're yeah. teaching and, kids um... and I teach a lot of kids. Yeah, so, I mean, you're absolutely right. I mean, let's not remove the, you know, this is my club, my rules. Oh, big time. I, with respect, removed people who are like, oh, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so goodbye. goodbye. Taking for granted that that stays. Yeah. Beyond that, then, yes, it is It is a relationship. It, it, everything's a relationship, Damien, everything. But it starts with the relationship that you have with yourself. Mm. Now, Raising standards. Right. You very clearly and wonderfully have already come from a background where standards were high to start with. So could you talk a little bit to either situations that you've been in where you've either raised your standards again and people around you might have struggled and what kind of like the relationship dynamic has been there? Um, or as we're talking raising personal standards and even in your personal capacity because we spoke a little bit off air about how when raising standards sometimes in my case like it can affect your personal relationships your friends your marriage and those people who are immediately around you so have you ever had a situation where you've either raised the standards or you've gone in and your standards are so high that people might have struggled a little bit and kind of how you overcame that because i think a lot of people are leading teams and when the lead instructor tries to raise their standard the team's going to struggle to come with them and kind of like how you overcame that right so let's uh separate uh this into two pots let's go professional and personal so the professional one's the quick one um if you're um struggling you never reduce prices you never reduce standards you always put them up always you 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 fuck you you, you give yourself lube and then fuck yourself i love that that's, brilliant. that's awesome literally by reducing your standards yeah. however let's say that your team members are not um uh, as far down the line as you or your students or your parents or, you know whatever capacity you work in um it's your job to empower them and it starts with having a really clear um version of your values and it starts with with you handing your values over to your team members and asking them, not telling them anything, asking them what their interpretation of that is. 
if they don't fall in line with your values, you have to get rid of them. Now that sounds harsh, but you don't, you can't change people's values. So what you're left then with is a set of people who do interpret the values in a similar way. So you're, you're at least working with people who have similar values to mm -hmm. what you, the culture that you want to um, create in your club. So at least you're, you know, you're working from a base of possibility of, uh, of, of of bringing them in into yeah. there's, there's already a cohesion because you share yeah. the same values so you, it's really important for you to be clear on your values and 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 for you to ask them the interpretation of them i think we're, it's very easy to go this is our values this is what it means and you're missing the point the point is you want to know what their interpretation is but again immediately by handing that over we're already demonstrating giving developing trust generosity it's your job to give and bring it out of someone else it's not your job to force anything on that and you can't you cannot change someone else's values you can't it's impossible so you have to start with that base first and then let's say somebody has got a confidence issue or um you know, suffers from a little bit of imposter syndrome or they don't have a good relationship with money or, you know, they've got a development error. Again, you what you need to do is raise your standard, your own, firstly, take full responsibility for that, yourself, for your team. You're putting them in that situation. Therefore, it's your job to find out enough about leadership and raise your standard on how to become a leader. And in learning that, you will learn how to empower others in a way that develops them, that doesn't fuck you all up. So, I love it. Um, so, so it starts with raising your standards of how you're a leader. Perfect. So then when we get onto, onto personal, yeah. that's a sticky one because as you quite rightly uh you know, just because your spouse or your sister or your child or whoever, you know, somebody, you love them, you get on with them. They're not shysters. You don't need to ban them from your life. Yes, yeah, so I'm very sorry, wife. I've raised my standards. Yeah, and you're I've not raised my standards. So, bye-bye. <laughs> no, that's not really that easy. <laughs> so it's a, it's a similar, it's a similar recipe, but you have to come from a real place of generosity and love, Damien. So what we do when we uh, go to a Tony Robbins event and we, you know, rewire our whole neuro, neuro, physio, bio, you know, we, we rewire ourselves or we come home and we're fucking on top of the world. We're pumped up. And we're pumped and we're gladiators and we're excited and we think that we've, found the secret to life and then we force it into every orifice of our wife husband child brother sister mother friend we do everybody's head in they run for the hills then we get um egotistical and go well we're we're we won't say it publicly but we're we're operating on a higher level yeah than them and then we start to act in a in it's an uglier way if we're honest instead of uh 
raising our expectation and then leading by example. And one of the tricks of a personal relationship that let's take for granted that they're a good human being. Yep. We're not in a situation where somebody's... It's not a, like a toxic relationship. Yeah, yeah. Let, let's cool. say, yeah, it's cool. Uh, start treating them as if they are where you want, want your relationship to be. Mm. So, for example, if your husband doesn't uh take the bins out and clean the garage and i don't know stuff shit as girls moan about day-to-day grind yeah day-to-day yeah the day-to-day grind and then we we let resentment build build up and then we're coming from a place of resentment and then because we're on the personal development thing we know it all or at least we think we do exactly and all that's doing that's actually why don't we raise our standards standard on love and kindness first? Is it kind to make someone else feel like shit and expose their in- inadequacies? That is our opinion of their yeah. inadequacies. Is that kind? Oh hell no! But, so, I love, but we're we're so geared towards focusing on the negative that we can try to correct, as opposed to the positive in somebody that we try to build up, and that just seems to be almost natural these days there's so much of that kind of thing going on so when my husband and I had I mean we've been together a long long time I think we've also been quite ambitious Mm. with our relationship living together raising four kids building loads of businesses I think we were quite ambitious with that and we're both also very independent very strong Mm. he's very masculine uh neither one of us give a fuck <laughs> like literally you love can, it there can, are, now, can, can i be a bit personal can you give us an example probably not actually ah no no worries let me think no no i will think of one that <laughs> god say none that spring to mind that's appropriate immediately that, yeah yeah I, I, <laughs> not spring to mind but uh okay so one of the cultures within our family yeah and our children included, because H and I don't give a fuck, we're brutally honest. Mm. Like, brutal, brutal. But you can be brutally honest from a place of um, judgment and trying to be, yeah, I'm really I'm really blunt, and I'll tell you how it is. That's not it. It's like, I speak my mind. It's like... Right. Mm. The way... The way the way we translate that is you love me, I love you, you're my person, I'm your person. If I can't tell you, and if you don't trust that I'm coming from a place of love, who can I should be able to tell you. Yes. And then in our relationship, what we discovered is the daily grind, it's raising kids, it's all of that. Yeah. That that what the daily grind does is delivers both both partners. I, I presume, certainly in my case, where we end up doing a load of stuff out of obligation. Yeah. And then resentment builds up. It's the same in my marriage. We do things yeah, because we have to. Yeah. yeah. However, how about this was a game changer for us? I this is my sentence. I was very this is my this is my one of my mantras. So I listeners, if you're gonna write something down, write this shit down. I love you too much to keep doing that for you and I love you too much to start resenting you. Love that. And and actually, 
my husband absolutely doesn't want me to resent him because I'm a bitch. <laughs> when I'm horrible. Right? Yeah. I, you know. So he's a fucker. I'm a fucker. We're stubborn. Actually, he's more stubborn than me, if I'm really on it. He would, he, you have to, if you fight my husband, you have to be prepared to kill him. <laughs> like, literally. He will die on his hills. Yeah. And also, our pattern of arguing. Mm. So I'm a real drama queen. I shout and I swear and I get it all off my chest. Don't harbour a thing. Yeah. I express it all. And I have an almighty temper tantrum. I'm really good at, at temper tantrums. And then once it's all off, I'm, I feel better now. It's, and then it's relieved. Yeah. Yeah, I'm nice. You're like, hey, you want a cup of tea? Let's go out. Da, 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 da. Whereas he simmers and punishes and withdraws and he doesn't talk to you. Um and so our pattern of arguing actually wasn't very healthy uh, <laughs> because because he would need space yep. and I would walk after him. So yeah. I'm doing his head in even more because I want results. I, like, we were yeah. talking so you, You've had your explosion. As far as you're concerned, the, the, the air is clear. Let's just crack yeah. on with life. No, 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 no. And then, and then also because the air is clear for me, now I haven't got so much, I, I'm done. Yeah. And then I, I haven't got the patience. It's like, oh, you're being a brat. It's like, yeah, come on. How long is this going to last? We got, we got a life to lead. You can't, you can't. My husband is one of the most confident human beings. He's very masculine. You can't treat him like a child and expect him to go. Oh, all right. <laughs> I'll just do what you say. And actually, if the truth is, if he did do that, my respect would probably. Yeah, it would. It would go down because that's not who you married. Yeah. Equally, equally. Um, you know, there there will be things that he does that that doesn't fall in line with me. So so what we did mm. is we raised our standards on our marriage. Oh, that's brilliant. We did, but because trust is in place, yeah. right? We were able to. What we did was we sat down over a period of time, obviously, and we decided to trust each other not to blame each other for that period of time let's not blame each other for anything because i think that that habitually happens in relationships we blame yep. we blame we do it, you can't help it but be conscious of it be mindful raise the standard on that remove the blame sit mm. down what we did is we identified well the short version is what we what we managed what we'd managed to do over those that period of time is recreate a term terms and conditions based on all the toxic things in my parents marriage and all the toxic things in his parents marriage. oh that's good combined with us being really fucking strong yeah buggers right and and so we'd added some of our and and we'd we'd mashed it all together and then what we said was what the actually what we did was what does being a husband a father and a man mean to you and what mm. does being a husband a father and a man mean to me equally what does being a wife a mother and a woman mean to me and what does that mean to you so a bit like earlier when i said in the, the values in your team the values ask them their interpretation and what we did was then we went from really hating each other and arguing and honestly me and we like my poor kids we argue really well like can you imagine can you imagine Damien um 
And so, uh, and so we had to strip that back. What we discovered, which was absolutely wonderful, is all of our values were really aligned. Nice. And it was such a relief and a beautiful thing. Yeah. To understand. So you make that, you don't, don't make who's further down the line on personal development the platform. You make your values the platform. Mm. And you come from that place. And all the resentment that are built up, which can't help. So there will be things between you and your wife. In her head, ask her this question. She'll yes. tell you about 700 of them. Before she asks you to do certain things, or if she runs certain scenarios through her head, her expectation is Damien will do this or say that or not do that or not do. And you'll have your versions of that. You're in, so, like your internal monologue living yeah. out before it happens. And, and we know that those things are justified because that's been the experience of the 10 years or 20 years or however yeah. long you've been with that person. Celebrated 10 years yesterday. Oh, well done. There you go. So you will already have some of that inner chatter. And so what happens is, which, which is unconscious really is, uh, I need... I need to ask Damien to uh, do something that you never, that you moan about. I need him to do, do the garden. I don't know. Some, it could be shit. I don't know what it is. So I need, and in my head, I'm like, I'm already going, well, I already know he's going to take three bloody weeks. That's going to do it. <laughs> it's so like you've the, seen our marriage dawn. Uh... So by the time I ask you, yeah. my expectation of you is low. And there's something in that energy that you're going to already feel judged, be it consciously or unconsciously. Mm. And therefore, there's going to be a little bit of negativity in your, and you're not going to care. A bit of resentment starts to build. Yeah. So what if we flip that a little bit? Mm -hmm. And what if I sit down with my wife or husband and we come from the platform of values we start to build from that and what if we ask permission from each other to wipe the slate clean what if we apologize for that what if she could say to you do you know what i'm sorry because it's i don't celebrate you and i don't tell you how often about the things that you do do well and actually i really judge you when you and then I, and i feel let down and actually i'm sorry for treating you like that and then you say actually I can see why you're like that because yeah. actually I'm sorry that you felt let down see you get rid of all the blame and and you take response it's the same recipe Damien you take responsibility for you first yeah and then you raise your standard first and then on having a good chat about those those things you can then say to each other what if we try to communicate to each other without those negative expectations mm -hmm. and what happened what if one of us reverts to type and we have a bit of a slip slide instead of we go are oh, you doing it again see it's impossible for you to change judge again right yeah back into what judgment if, what if we have a conversation now you know how do we red flag that Ah, so it's like looking for precursors for that behavior. Right. So, so when awesome. you're reverting to tight, your 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 wife might be able to say, "Oh, Damien, you do, you're doing it again," and then you can wreck because you're taking responsibility. You're going, "Okay, cool, pull yourself back." Yeah. Oh, don't get me wrong, but that doesn't. Of course, you slip into 
And of course, you sometimes have arguments. Well, this is it, because we're, we're talking about 30, 40, depending on how old you are, 30, 40, 50 years of conditioning from when you're right. a child. So but it's not it, going to disappear. It, no, but it's it's raising the standard on yourself, on what you want your marriage. Because what yep. we, what has, my husband and I then did was create the marriage we wanted. Nice. Like, literally. So you, you took the picture, like you would with a business plan, you yeah. had a picture of exactly what your marriage, you both wanted it to look like, yeah. and you simply worked the plan and the steps to, I say simply, there's nothing simple about it, but you worked the plan and the steps to get to that point, but it took well, it was a the tremendous amount of effort. Yeah, it, it, was the, it, was, it, was the, it was the terms and conditions of how we treated each other. Nice. So, so I... I Hate, neither H or I are big. We're we're quite fluid people in mm. terms of uh, like Sunday we do the shopping, Monday we have sex, Tuesday we go on a date. Like no, that's not what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah it's not like daily planner. You know, it it was it was it was it was creating the terms and conditions of how we treat each other. Gotcha. And and, and that brings into that's our values. Are we kind? do we trust each other what do we trust each other with and what don't we yeah uh, uh what what can we work you know uh, where do we feel neglected um where do we want more what what is our love language so i love that topic yeah so yeah so, my wife and i've done a lot of work on that because it's yeah. really important to understand yeah so say say you've got quite a neanderthal type man in your life and his love language is sex and then you've got a very feminine female who doesn't feel her emotional needs are being met when husband wants his love language woman is going to go fuck off yeah because right? you've not met my emotional needs right and and then and then the man doesn't want to meet the emotional needs because he's getting nagged yep and so doesn't so so what if i as what if I said, I'm sorry for not making you want to look after me Ooh. and meet my emotional needs? Yeah, that's and interesting. What if, and what if, what if the, you said, I'm sorry for not making you want to meet my physical yeah. Like, it's a completely different shift. I love that. Because this is it. Because often, especially because these people usually end up with each other one's emotional love language is is physical touch and the other one is emotional needs well, it, it, it's the classic masculine feminine big time and and you just get stuck in a loop and a spiral because if you're not prepared to actually look at the problem and then take it from the point of view that you've just done which i absolutely love um you just start resenting each other it's like well i'm not going to do anything because you're not doing it for me so why the hell should i and then it just kind of crumbles and falls apart and actually what we're not doing now is we're not talking about a dick swinging competition of personal development yeah and we're not talking about exposing somebody's uh slower speed mm. on personal we're not talking we're not we're talking about our values and trust and love and kindness and we're talking about those things and that's what a relationship i love it and just to kind of put a point on it as well those of you listening one of the reasons that we wanted to speak about this is because as you raise standards in your business inevitably because you're going to start going down that rabbit hole of personal development you're going to start raising standards on yourself and one of the things that 
I've struggled with recently, which is why I'm so grateful for Dawn being here, is the fact that I've started to raise my standards and I've noticed people around me that I've had in my life for years and years and years, old friends and, and family. And I'm like, how do I how do I cope with my standards being raised and not want to drag people up with me or expect more from them because they're not on the same journey as me? So this is something that I've struggled with personally, which says just brilliant to hear your perspective from it. And there have been people in my life, luckily not my husband. I, you say luckily, I we would have let each other go had it not made us happy. So you were you were prepared to do that. Both, Both of you were like, yeah, you know, because, if you're not happy, we're out. Because part of raising your standard is raising your standards for wanting your life to be happy. Uh, so, so luckily we are each other's person still. Yeah. But it is it luck or was it a very you know had work had that not been the case we would have let each other go let each other go mm. and. And without going into too much personal detail, that, that was actually the starting point. That's interesting because my <laughs> wife and I have had similar conversations because right. we, we don't want to, and yeah. we're both on the same page. We're right. not to be trapped but, in a relationship where we're very unhappy. But, but the starting point literally was, I love you yeah. enough to let you go because I'm not making you happy. Yeah. Luckily, in our circumstance, that that vibe was reciprocated and we but that was the starting point. I love you enough to let you go so we can. Both you're a motherfucker and I'm a motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. We've done that for 20 years. It didn't yeah. get very far. It got us a whole heap of arguing and resentment. But for, for one of us to go, I love you enough to let you go because. I'm I'm not making you happy enough to want to be. That is so powerful. So have that platform come from that platform. It, it comes your, from a place of loving. But so raise your standard on that. Love that. Going through personal development, it will resonate with you immediately. And do, Ra do that rather than I've raised my standards. You no longer meet them. Get out of my life. Right. Oh, try that. And then what you'll find is where it'll impact the kids and how you raise the kids. Yeah. Uh, you'll both be on. So you'll both be on on board with the values and, and and all of a sudden fall back in love with each other because you recognize the stuff. And then you'll go, do you know what? I know that when I walk in the door, she needs her 10 minutes of, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm just going to listen and be present. And I sometimes have to bring her in a bunch of flowers after this. And she also will then recognize what your love language is, whatever that is. And, and you know, and, and it no longer becomes a comp competition and a blame. Yeah. That will filter down to your children. It will also filter through to your team and the way you run business. And, the overall standards are raised, but it starts with you raising your standards, be it your standards on loving yourself, loving other people. It doesn't matter. I don't care, but it starts with raising your standards. Never reduce your standards. Never. I love you too much to expect you to reduce your standard wife on, on accepting behavior from me that makes you unhappy. Perfect. And you take that into Raise your business the to do the same. I respect my business far too much 
to wash it out, reduce all the prices, remove everything of value, just so as I can try and make some kind of a goddamn sale. One of the most common questions I ask an instructor is, are you a shit instructor? Now, that's interesting. Why do you do that? Because I would imagine most would go, no, I'm really good. Right. So you phone up, you need some help, your cash flow is not doing very well, you're struggling a little bit, your marketing's not working. I know, stuff, you know, stuff that they phone. Yeah. Uh, and and then I go, right, okay, what do you want? Well, I need a bit more money and I need 10 more students this month and I need this and I need this and I need this. And, this. and so then we'll look at strategy and I've got 75 ways to skin the same cat. Hey. So what are your values? So you've got a couple of choices. You can do it that way. You can do that. Let's pick one that fits with your values. Mm. And then you hit resistance, be it they should uh, mm, uh, uh, have a better website or better branding or increase their processes or increase the price. It doesn't matter what it is. We're at the point where the instructor is resisting, it's, well, are you a shit instructor? Of which they usually laugh and go, well, I hope not. Yeah, because it feels like it feels like a trick question, Dawn. <laughs> I'm being completely yeah. manipulative woman <laughs> and uh, using reverse psychology, and that's why we do great at what we do. That's why that's the magic of being a female. That's all I'm saying. Hell yeah. So, 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 you know, so then actually that's where the empowerment is because mm. it's like, okay, you're not a shit instructor. Go and look at your website. Do you look, does that show that you're not a shit instructor? Do your prices show that you're not a shit instructor? Yeah. Do your do your standards show that you're not a shit instructor? And if the answer is, well, actually, yeah, it does look like I'm a shit instructor. It's like right, but now all of a sudden, what we're doing is we're having a slightly different conversation. Yeah. In terms of 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 them getting the point, <laughs> you know. But uh, you're doing it from a place of. I appreciate you. You're an amazing instructor. You need to put that forward towards yeah, yeah. the world. Yeah. Rather than why are your prices so low? That shit. You want more revenue? Just raise your prices. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. there's a there's always conflict. Well, I say always. It's slowly disappearing, but there's still conflict with raising prices and what we charge in martial arts and all that stuff. It's like, well, are you good at your job? Yeah. Yes, then raise your prices. Well, I mean, I'm a little bit more relaxed about this than what what you might think. Like, I genuinely don't give two hoots what you charge genuinely uh, I really no I don't I, oh, no, really I love don't. this because some people I speak to is like as uh, the industry as a whole we need to raise our prices because you've got loads of people charging cheap well, shows were a cheap product etc okay. etc right so if you were to ask me do I think we should charge cheap no I don't do I care what you do no I don't because that's actually brilliant your responsibility two separate things it's your responsibility it's your club it's your brand but then don't come and tell me that you need this to happen. Yep. I'll give you, I will give you, I will even give you uh, solutions without you raising your prices. Nice. H happy to do that. I don't care. Charge what you like. It's shit. <laughs> and I tell you it's shit, but, but uh, let's go with it. I'm, I'm, I'll, you know, you want this outcome. Let's find a way to do it that fits with your values. One of your values is that you don't want to charge more. Okay, let's go with that. But, but, but then you have to take responsibility for the consequences. Big because time. if you, if you, 
no matter what you do, good or bad, there are consequences, good and bad. There are, there just are. And so it still comes back to what is what what are people's values? Uh um, what do they want? Go get it, give it to them, but but is it really what they want? No, right. So you've got you as the instructor. It's not my job to persuade you. You're telling me what you want. Pick one. You can yeah. do it this way or you can do it this way. Please yourself. <laughs> like literally. But are you a shit instructor? No. Right. Does it look like that? Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm going to raise my price. Like you yeah. can get there in the end. <laughs> but, 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 and also there are people who, um, don't genuinely don't run their clubs for profit but then we have to have a slightly different conversation and and it's about uh uh building um an environment that is sustainable safe yeah. and sustainable and then doing outreach programs with their community and being able to genuinely touch the, the postcodes in their community that that they can help yeah. um but but we also have to implement some human psychology in that in terms of if if you give things away too cheaply or free it still doesn't serve you're not serving the people that you actually want to that's a whole other debate but my point is it is it still starts with your values Yes. And what you want. And we need somewhere along that we need to raise a standard of either how you feel about yourself, how you feel about your club, the areas that you need to develop, to develop your purpose. Like somewhere along the line, there is a raising of the standard somewhere along the line. It has to be. Otherwise, you can't move forward. No. That's brilliant. Now, Dawn. I have taken up a tremendous... Yeah, I've I'm, just I'm, looked at the clock. I'm yeah, like... I'm 15 minutes... Well, 14 minutes past our time. But sorry, sorry. Good. So yeah. I will... I, I, I've thoroughly enjoyed listening to you. You've got such a wealth of knowledge. And with respect, your personality is awesome. Um, I'm just going to throw all the compliments at you, but it's been a true delight. Now, something I ask everybody... Except for one person, I'll never forgive myself because I forgot because I was so nervous. It was Melody Johnson. I ask every single person when they come on here, what's like the biggest mistake you've made, personal or business, that you've learned from that somebody could take away with from today? I like to, I like to go in with the easy questions. Oh, it, because my philosophy is what it is, um, I tend not to make a lot of mistakes and when I do I think it's cute I think I'm really cute when I make a mistake <laughs> that's brilliant I love that um, so, no, that's cool uh, um but but okay on 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 actually this is probably this probably sits in both personal and professional the biggest mistake that I make is to assume that I have to do it all myself Oh, and it's a demon in my personal life. Uh, I can, I can, I can get really. I can be right a right old martyr when yeah. that's saying I have to do everything. <laughs> like, like I can be a right martyr, and I, I'm, I'm. It's a horrible. It's horrible. I have to watch that. And obviously, as you grow older, you, 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 you know, you do. 
uh, recognize when you're being a drama queen or a martyr on that but that's that that's a personal demon in my personal life that I I don't I don't I don't have any and I do have people but it's and that comes from my childhood and adversity and and some of that so but where it 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 filtered out into my work in you know when I work for myself is oh I'll just do it myself because it's quicker oh I can do that and and you um you not only reduce the trust you have in the team because you've got to trust them, makes them feel that not good enough. Makes them feel horrible, valued if you let them which, do it. Which is horrible to make them not yeah. feel that, you know. So, and also you get burned out and all the rest of it. But I pretty much, I, I, I deal with that quite mm. well until lockdown. And because I went into, like I have got, a, 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 a ferocious survival mode fucking ferocious that's i would imagine very useful at times well yeah right if i'm in your corner you're good that's it hey remind me not to piss you off right no there's no room for pissing <laughs> me off there's no room for it. it's no time so i i literally do this uh and 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 in in lockdown i i locked into that mode yeah no club was going bankrupt. No man left behind. We will, we will be okay. We will do whatever it takes. I don't want to hear any excuses. We will. Now, you uh, you may recognise some of that flavour from how I was through lockdown. <laughs> I'm giving you the NNA. The, you can hear my tone. And yeah. like, it's like, like, we like, are getting through this, motherfuckers. Yeah, don't, yeah but don't. So that like that is my yeah that, honestly um but what happened through lockdown and it was probably the first time that I let that go too far yeah in terms of I started it went lockdown went on a long time and the weight I then felt huge weight because I felt responsible mm. for helping people all of because you were you you were feeling responsible for all of the clubs that had trusted you and it's like yeah. right i'm taking that and yeah. we're running with it i'm not yeah. a single no. person down. no and 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 that was okay mm. but not over an extended period of time was two years wasn't it essentially the whole down right. yeah so so on a on a personal front mm. that actually cost me quite a lot yeah. not not with my relationships. Like my husband lets me crack it. He doesn't like. He knows my kids and my husband. When I'm in survival, nobody bothers. Like you, like it's like you, no kids. Mum's in survival. No, no. Yeah, but it. they don't have a choice, and <laughs> I should probably because because it's such a highly refined yeah. survival mode. There is no. There's, there's no. Yeah, you can't argue with it. It's like you. No, you're off. That's it. Like I can remember, uh, my son nearly got stuck in finland because they'd shut down before us he, oh shoot yeah he literally got the last airplane from helsinki to birmingham he walked through the door put his bags down i'm like right make a cup of tea i need some help i don't know how to produce a youtube channel and your dad needs one for the club and that was just after he'd almost gotten stuck in but, finland no 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 but he'd been traveling but do you know what yeah. because my kids are my kids yeah 
was like, right, let me eat. And and we were up to four o'clock in the morning doing what we had to do. Amazing. So, 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 so there isn't any resistance to this is what we do. This is, this is your family unit. This is what you do. You pull together. You just get on with it. Just get on with it. But from from, that was, it was a big mistake Mm. to, it is a big mistake to take on the risk too much of that on your own. Um, it did, so it didn't affect my my relationships or anything like that. What it did was it, it cost me personally. So by the time I got to, you know, sort of 2021, um, uh, I started to experience some brain fog. I didn't know what that was. Oh yeah, no, I've had that before. Uh, I didn't, I couldn't, I couldn't make decisions sometimes. I, uh, I, I couldn't what my it 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 because I'd been in survival mm. for an extended period of time, the weight of that started to physically manifest itself. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ooh. So so I think the biggest mistake and and you know when I first started in business I didn't you know lockdown was an extreme situation that that was just an example of of yeah. of, of when I what I'd done is I'd dealt with or I'd learned the lesson, don't think you have to do it all on your own, but then put in such an extreme survival situation with lockdown. Go back to default. I reverted, yeah, I reverted straight to type and I was off, done. And, 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 and throughout that, on, so here's where, the, here's where it all goes down the fucking mm-hmm. tube. Within that, the martyrdom yeah. came in Ooh. because then I'd, say to my husband well you are my person so you should remove me from my I mean how the fuck he was going to do that because I'd talk, we'd have had a fight I'd, I'm totally unrealistic I was talking absolute shit <laughs> like I was absolutely talking shit but I was indulging in my martyrdom yeah. um and I wasn't taking responsibility ah uh, is the truth oh there it is yeah there, there it, is. it is there it is there Lucky it is hell. So, so yeah, I think the biggest mistake is thinking that you have to do everything yourself. I love it because I think you rightly said as well, not only on top of all the, the stuff that you put yourself through, but it really damages trust in a team because they see a leader who doesn't trust the team enough to let them do things. Well, I mean, with we in a, on a in a normal situation, then that applies. Through lockdown, I felt very responsible. Yeah. My team could see... Uh, could see the immediate diminishment of income, obviously, but it was my job. Nobody is going on furlough. Nobody is losing their job. Nobody is going anywhere. Do not even think about it. And they must have been shitting themselves. (laughs) They'd have been shit. They'd have also shit themselves to go, well, we're a bit nervous about a job because we can see that this is a bit sticky because I would be like, no, no, we we will not lose you. And, and we didn't. Love it. Not a single one. Not a single one. Perfect. Because we we are. I, I apologize. I'm taking up more of your time. But we we had clubs closed left, right, and center. Um, I know that when we hit, I was similar. I went into complete survival mode. Um, and within 12 hours, everything was online, and we just picked literally the next day. We went into lockdown on day yeah. one, and by day two, everything yeah. was online. Classes were up. Timetable. Everything done. Yeah. Um, we even launched new applications and videos like the lot 
And I was like, we are not going to be closing our doors. I'm responsible for a few different clubs and every single one of them is going to continue. Obviously, with respect on a much smaller scale than yourself, because well, I was talking same, about my clubs. And, and actually, Damien, next time we have a, a, a chat, we could actually talk about resilience because that's something else that I think that would make a great. Oh, I love it. And what I appreciate is that you've alluded to a future conversation. So thank you. I'm glad that this has not been too painful for you. I love it. It's been been an absolute joy. And uh, thank you for swearing too. Because anybody listening, I uh, I said beforehand, swear as much as you want. I want your authentic self. And Dawn, I think we definitely got that today. Yeah. I love it. And actually my book that I'm on chapter. Oh, yes. No, but it's not a business book. Oh, it, it is, and it's not a memoir, although there are bits in there of extreme adversity that I've been through yeah. to exemplify a point, but it's the ramblings of a mad woman, but it's actually, it's just my philosophy on how we treat ourselves and how we treat other people. Mm-hmm. So um, this sort of stuff is what my book is about, I guess. Um, oh, I love that. Yeah. and. Uh, for the benefit of people listening, where are you at with the book right now? Chapter nine. Chapter nine. Uh, but we should be. I've. I'm speaking on quite a large business stage in September, so I think I'm hoping to launch it then. Awesome. Where's that? Where are you uh, going to be? It's uh, somewhere in Wembley. It's in Wembley. It's oh, the- just somewhere in Wembley. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> very modest i'm just just talking wembley stadium don't worry about it I, don't think it's wembley stadium. <laughs> so, I mean they, they do it they do a, an event twice a year i think the headliners for the one in march is joe wicks daniel Priestley. nice uh, in september stephen bartlett spoke on the same stage so i'm just a little person amazing but, uh yeah it's quite a big deal i suppose so um, oh hell yeah celebrate that yeah so um i, I i'm aiming to launch the book around that time. around that time amazing so yeah i'll definitely be picking up a copy i'm an avid reader i love i've got goodness knows how many books here so yes but dawn thank you so much for your time it's been an absolute delight and uh, i will catch you again in the future marvelous thank you very much that was a heck of a conversation massive shout out and thank you to dawn and remember check the show notes if you'd like to get in contact with her or you'd like to learn more about magb it is well worth your time and that brings me on to our second piece of information uh is if you would like to support the podcast and you are in the uh lookings for some online courses then do not forget that we have an affiliate link for mitmaster.com from matthew chapman who is a phenomenal instructor and has been doing the online space now for a long time, pre-COVID, before it was, as people say, a cool thing to do. You will find things on there, not only from uh, lesson plans for kickboxing and Muay Thai and all sorts of different uh, styles, but you'll also find things on there that will help you to build your own online platform. And also, he uh, provides courses on things like Facebook marketing and media. It's not just Facebook, as we know. There's loads of stuff in there. It is well worth your time. Full disclosure, um, I became so enamored and impressed with the content that I have indeed myself signed up for uh, Matt's personal tuition. So I get a lot of his time, which is fantastic. And it is a community well worth checking in. And so if you do decide to purchase something from his website, do us a favor, do it through the affiliate link, which is attached in the show notes. Other than that, take it easy and we'll catch you on the next episode. Bye for now.